we are connected. Here comes a little music, and we're going to get this show right off on the road. Uh, some wonderful Lorena McKinnett lullaby and some stirring and powerful oratory. Who can stand like thunder? a tongue to drown the throat of war. When the senses are shaken and the soul is driven to madness, who can stand? When the souls of the oppressed fight in the troubled air that rages, who can stand? When the whirlwind of fury comes from the throne of God and the frowns of his countenance drive the nations together, who can stand? When sin claps his broad wings over the battle and sails rejoicing in a flood of death, when souls are torn to everlasting fire and fiends of hell rejoice upon the strain, oh, who can stand? this. Oh, who can answer at the throne of God? The kings and the nobles of the land have done it. Hear it not, heaven, thy ministers have done it. Don't kid yourself, it's the Sabbatean Frankist Jews that have done this. All right, we'll back Lorena down a little bit, see if we can get underway on the Tuesday edition of the Radio Ranch. Roger Sells, your host, right here from beautiful, sunny, Ecuador, and uh, good morning to you, wherever you may be. Um, we, uh, I guess it's the 29th, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm running under a little bit of a, uh, some, uh, what do you call it, uh, well, I'm not totally up to speed because I'm missing my other computer and I'm having to work on this portable and it's uh, a little bit challenging. Anyway, we'll get through it. Yes, and uh, wait a second. It will be the 29th most of the day. Most of the day. Most of the day it'll be the 29th. Yeah, 29th most of the day. We're on a couple of platforms. I'm going to tell you a funny story. Go ahead, Paul. Uh, Tell us all the wonderful outlets that have smartened up and pick up our little signal. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, we've got all kinds of them. We've got... uh, Eurofolkradio.com, the flagship station, of course. We've got radio.globalvoiceradio.net. The link to those two channels is on Exposed to Matrix, uh, pretty much right there at the top. There's also a link to join us on free conference call if you want to join the show, ask questions, make a comment. We're also on HomeNetwork.tv, FreedomNation.tv. Those are WDRN Productions, Dreams. And uh, we're also on AnthonyBerry8625 TikTok periodically. And on Rumble on the 1776ER channel, 1776ER. Again, ExposedToMatrix.com has links to books, resources, new student materials, lots of interviews, lots of fun. Okay, it can be kind of dry reading. I'm, I'm being honest here. It's, it's fun if you're into dry reading. Anyway, Raj, good morning. What's the difference in that and wet reading? 
Never mind. Um, just just something for you to ponder. Um, just uh, something that triggered my memory here a second ago, Paul. Um, you know, my my uh, the sales family was from Kalamazoo uh, when they the five boys and the father who was a Baptist preacher took them down to Florida and they you know been there uh, all went off on their own ways. Well, one of the brothers was a. Uh, a biology professor at the University of Chicago, tenured biology professor. And uh, during the summers when school was out, they'd uh, go down to Florida and hang around Tampa, Sarasota, somewhere down around there on the coast. And he did his biology stuff. And so uh, he had a a wife that would henpeck the hell out of him, you know. And uh, just a nice, quiet guy, have very distant, faded memories of him. But his name was Uncle Dwayne. And... uh, so uh, they were sitting there one summer day, and she walked into the little coffee room or whatever, and he's sitting there reading the paper, you know. And uh, she goes, I thought you were going to a meeting at the school today. And uh, he lowered the paper and looked at her, and he said, everyone else went yesterday. <laughs> so, <laughs> so nice way to get around mm. something like that. Uh, wow. Good morning, kids. A uh, busy day for me yesterday. I was still working at midnight last night on a private consultation with a new student out of Thailand. And uh, with the, I mean, wow. it was the next day over there, you know. So we were trying to coordinate how to do it and what times to do it and all that stuff. And nice guy, Lynn. And uh, we had a nice conversation last night after we finally hooked up. Uh, so the uh, immigration thing went good and uh, just took up the majority of the afternoon, dropped by the computer shop on the way back, and he goes, yeah, it's up. It, you know, I get it. You can get it tomorrow. So looking forward to that. And uh, just a long day yesterday. Pretty unusual for me. Um, but uh, anyway, so we're back bright-eyed and bushy-tailed here this morning and rolling into a travesty of a world situation. I mean, really. Um I was just listening this morning to a recent interview over on Revolution Radio. It's on BitChute uh, with Deborah Tavares. Um, and our our listener, Matt, was mentioned in that. I was thrilled to hear. And uh, some of his contributions out there in Sonoma County as a retired fire guy. And uh, so that was pretty cool. But... Um, a very interesting interview on a lot of these weather wars and the fires and everything that's happening and how they're doing it and what some of the indicators are and how to look for something that's going to happen and all that kind of stuff. If you live in one of those areas, you may want to find that little video over on BitChute. It's towards the top few and uh, listen to that. I'm not finished with it yet. Um, wow, what a time, huh? What a time. We've given these bastards and allowed them to have all this hypothecated leaven that we call money off of this little trick they've pulled where we're an object of their property rights, and that's the original credit spout. Um, everything that they've been able to do all these years comes from that's why that change was so important is because now they don't have to come out of pocket with money to do this stuff you know how much they love their money the root of all evil uh but it allows them just like jesus said the leaven of the pharisees and at this point they've taken that little trick of 
making you, uh, getting you to trick you into agreeing to it and making you a property right, then they can go over and attach your birth certificate as object of their property to the bonds and futurize and collateralize your future income. And out of that little trick, they have turned up to $133 trillion worth of outstanding sovereign bonds. That's some leaven right there, buddy. Okay? That's some powerful leaven. And everything that they've done, all the black budget, all the thefts, all their stuff that's gone on on Wall Street, all their taking over of all the corporations and and everything they've done comes from that little deal right there. How amazing is that? One little trick allows you to build this illusion the amounts of 133 trillion dollars worth of debt it's just staggering when you think about it sounds like what paul sounds to me like we've been sounds like we've been real productive Oh, we have a lot of money because we had to make it before they could steal it. That's right. Well, you know, it goes back to the statement I heard a while back says slavery is the most profitable, profitable business in the history of the world. And you can see it right there. And, of course, that has allowed them to be able to pay off people. Everything's always fronted with paying off somebody. And the only way they've got these reams of this debt currency is because we're all enslaved. I mean, it's amazing when you think about it. It's it's honestly pretty simple. Uh, But, boy, how they've pulled it off and to the extent that they've done it is staggering. Okay. So, uh, anyway, that's about uh, uh, as much as I can get get over. Uh, You know, I was listening, trying to listen to yesterday's InfoWars stuff, and then I had a lot of problems with this guy on this call. He wanted to insist, Paulie insisted on using this uh, Google Meet thing, which I'd never used before, and I got it figured out and dialed up, but something was wrong. He couldn't, I couldn't hear him. He could hear me, and I could see him, and it was a pretty interesting little uh, platform, actually. But uh, we had to go back and find another way to communicate. But good guy, and uh, Lynn, so if you're listening to the replay or whatever, uh, welcome to the family. Um, What else did I want to say? It escapes me. Um, So good morning, group. Uh, has anybody uh, got anything, any new students around this morning with questions? Marka, you said you had something you wanted to get into. So why don't we launch off into that? Okay. Um, good morning, hello. everybody. Oh, hold it. There's a hello from somebody. Hello. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, Roger? This is Demetrius. Hey, Demetrius. Awesome. Good to see you back, man. How y'all doing? We're hanging. I know, man. Glad to be back. So how are you doing? How are you coming along with the information? I'm coming along good. And, in fact, uh, I had a quick question. Okay. Sure, I don't mind. Um, After filing the affidavit, I wanted to know, should the next move be to amend? Like, if you got a passport, should it be done at that point? No, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't. No, you can't do that. This is the result. That, you know, you weren't. You've been. You're relatively new. Uh, last year, around October, we started getting these letters from a 
a, a very nice woman at the State Department, I'm sure, named Mrs. Robinson. I don't know if you've heard us refer to that or not. But they start out that letter, and I think it comes from these cold affidavits, was the trigger for Mrs. Robinson, because she goes, we can't amend pass, open passports, basically. I don't remember the exact wording. And they can't. Okay, so you've got a passport, right, Demetrius? Actually, I'm, I'm, I, I do, yeah, but I'm, I mean, not me. I don't have one, but um, my, one of my close friends does have one. Okay. And uh, I'm be getting mine. I'm working on getting it. All right. Well, keep this. When he applied, yeah, yeah. yeah, now remember the passport application and passport are very pivotal. Um, and I don't know that that you know that that's where I found the answer. Okay, I mean, I've been studying this for 15 years, and I had been under the uh, oh, the same uh, burden that a lot of our patriot researchers are in not understanding how they've done this. And the point being, excuse me for hiccuping here, the point being that um, the concepts are very simple. There's only four or five of them, if that, even that many, that you need to get your arms around. But what these guys do is they take the concept same concept and relabel it so our people not understanding the background of this chase the labels and the example i would give you is national you know uh over in title 42 which is the civil rights code of the united states code in sections 1983 and 1986 they make this statement they say the privileges and immunities of the citizens of the united states are the same as the white citizens really well so there's national it's whitey and jim crow but it's called the white citizens there. Now we go down to the Internal Revenue Code there, and we find in their jurisdictional statement that the very same concept is labeled non-resident alien. And we go over to Title Eight, and in one place it's labeled as a the outlying territory, so basically a territorial citizen. And so it's the same exact concept, it's just renamed and our people not understanding the concept particularly go chasing the label all right so that's one of the real big things i've come to realize and that's why i teach here learn the concepts get your arms around merchant law get your arms around uh, the feudal system get your arms around some of these things then you can go in and see how they've done it okay and so for the first 15 years that's the situation i was in and it's funny i thought about it the other day uh it being in atlanta in those years atlanta we had a very good patriot group there brent our buddy brent here is part of it years ago and um they because we had a good group all of the legal groups that were going around the country trying to teach people stuff would come through atlanta and i think it was the right way law group out of michigan and i believe the guy that may have made the statement was this guy carl lentz some of you are familiar with him he's a real real good legal guy in the courtroom and stuff very sharp guy and uh i i remember the comment in that sitting in that auditorium with those people he said we're now nationals so he understood it back then to that extent 
Okay. So uh, anyway, that registered with me. And uh, so I, you know, go through my life for a few years and I get ready and I'm in Florida and uh, I make the decision to move to Argentina. And now I've got to interface with government because if I'm going to do that, I've got to have a passport. Okay, So very reluctantly, I went down to our little post office and picked up two uh, passport applications. They were co- color-coded back then. I've still got copies of both of them, actually. Uh, the uh, DS-11, the original one was orange, and the renewal was purple. And I brought both of them home, and uh, I sat down on my desk there and put my feet up on the desk and said, well, i got to go read a bunch of this crap. And right at the top of the first page, Demetrius is the damn answer I've been looking for for 15 years. It's right there. Okay. And what triggered it was at the top, it says Secretary of State of the United States of America. And in those days, they had the warning, what I, the, the warning that you can attach documentation, including affidavits, was at the top of the first page on the printed version. And that makes total sense when you know how these guys work, because what you can attach documentation for is ambiguously laid out in the oath on the total opposite end of the document at the end of the fourth page so they take the fact that you can change and put it up at the top of the first page in this very obscure threatening language that applies to the bottom of the fourth page that there again right dialectics everything they do is opposites very important okay so right then i knew i had them And it's interesting that you should find that in the passport application because that's probably the only public information gathering request, which is a specific designation for agencies that put paperwork out to the public at large that have to go through a process through the Office of Management and Budget to make sure everything on the information gathering request is constitutional. Okay? And when it is and they meet those requirements, they assign it what's called an OMB number, Office of Management and Budget. And then they can put it out in the public, but not until they get that number, okay, or it doesn't apply, whatever their request and stuff. So, obviously, passports have an OMB number, and that's why that stuff is in there. They've got to put it in there. They don't want to put that in there. But And look how they did it. Warning, you can attach documentation, including affidavits, but you better not lie or we're going to hit you with eight sections of the United States Code and put you in jail so deep they're going to have to pump daylight to you. Okay? So they do it like that. But that's where I found the answer. Okay? Very important. Um Now, for your friend that's already got a passport, when he went through and filled out that application, he didn't wasn't able to put all that together, as nobody is really. You got to know what you're looking for to see it, okay? And uh, so, what we can't do is take an existing passport and go back and send them an affidavit and say, "Attach this to my passport." Because when you applied and paid for that, you contracted with them, you applied and paid for that document, you were under that legal 
personality of a citizen of the United States. And if you didn't put the documentation in at that point, then here's where the presumption rolls forward. Okay, well, he didn't tell us he wasn't, so he is. So what we've learned is it, when this legal personality thing is very important. It's from where you get your rights and to whom you owe your duties. That's your legal personality. Okay, And when you contract with them and get that document under that legal personality, you did it. You or you didn't do it. You didn't put the affidavit in and change, so the presumption rolls on, and you've paid for it. They're not going to go in and change and add an affidavit to something that's already buttoned down that, to their to their desires too. So, what you want to do, and I had this discussion with this as part of the discussion with the guy in Thailand last night was passport, and he had just within the last couple of years renewed he doesn't have a whole lot of money i guess and he didn't want to go do that again and he uh, uh and i told him well all you got to do is just get a passport card pay thirty dollars get a passport card include the affidavit in with the uh, uh application and now your status has changed and you got a card to to show it and the one that was previously obtained was under the other legal personality so that is kind of what I'd suggest to your friend and for for uh, anybody listening out here is you've changed your status you've gone back and done a renewal all you did was pay $30 and request a passport card but you included the affidavit in it now your status has changed with the secretary of state okay all right, do that. I, I, I may have gone all the way around the block to answer your question there, but that is the essence of it. And with all the folks on here, I have no idea who's listening. I don't know what stage they are of this. So when we go over stuff like that, I try and go back and give the background so everybody will kind of be on the same page. Yeah, in fact, I love traveling in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Scenery <laughs> of the background. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome, man. <laughs> well, we're tickled to death to have you. Thanks, uh, you're welcome. And uh, um, this was what, what all was his concern in Thailand last night was he had a hell of a time opening a bank account over there. And he said, can I do that? I said, it's no problem. You know, now you go in, take your affidavit, tell them you're a national. Here's a copy for your records. If the IRS tries to ding you, send them a copy of this. You shouldn't have any problems, you know. Um, and there's always, there's an easy way around this stuff. And if you don't understand it and you try and approach it, it seems, uh, well, insurmountable to a lot of people. So, and it's not. It's real easy. You just have to know the tricks. So, uh, Demetrius, does that answer your question for your friend? And, you know, you don't need to. See, if you get a passport book when you order a passport, the only reason you need that is for international travel. And because they got visas pages in the back where, let's say, you come to Ecuador and come down to visit us, you know. when you enter Ecuador, they'll stamp you at the airport, and uh, you've got a 90-day visa, tourist visa, which you can extend. You have to pay a little bit. You can extend it another 90 days. But otherwise, after 90 days, when you leave the country and you leave the airport, they stamp it again as to what date you left. That's why they need those pages in the back and a passport book. So that's the only reason. Otherwise, for our people, especially that are still in the States, 
uh, all you need is a passport card. So you don't need to pay 120 30 40 whatever it is now. Uh, but you can just get away with a $30 passport card. You've still accomplished your objective. You've got the affidavit in. You've connected it to a passport, which, to my knowledge, is the highest form of identification uh, issued by the federal government. So you can do that for 30 bucks. Yes, absolutely. Okay, and as you've probably heard on it, it's simple, isn't it? Okay, Uh, and a lot of our folks here uh, only use the only thing they carry is that passport ID. It's they substitute it for a driver's license. It's it's just all they carry is an identification document. So pretty good for thirty bucks, huh? Yes, yes. Man, you that answer, and, and I appreciate you sharing that because uh, that's some valuable information. Thank you. You're welcome. Anything else on your mind this morning besides, besides that? I'll come up with some. Let me work on it. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'm going to dribble the ball Thanks and toss it over to Mirka. You're welcome, Demetrius. And let's see. She was asking something, had a couple of people's names on the tip of her tongue, and was asking something about voter registration. And let's get into that because, man, that's an area I'd love for us to expand on. Hey, Roger. Um, hey, so, D- David, you know, David and Kay, I think they're. Yeah, out in Washington. Um, in Washington. Yeah. yeah. So I think he contact them by email, the voter's registration, and it's confirmed that they received it, um, the information of their affidavit and that they wanted to get removed from their voter's registration. Um, but it looks like they're still on the voter's registration. So that's what he's trying to tackle is removing himself you know we've been trying to remove dead people off the rolls up there in cook county for 40 50 years and i can't get them off (laughs) i know that um i think it was um so here here's here's the question let's stop right here it's not removing yourself from the voting rolls it's how do i register now that i'm not a citizen of the united states to participate I don't want to remove myself and stop voting. I want to participate. How do I get categorized? That's the question. Okay, but if they're still on the registration as a voter, does that do anything to our, I mean, like, does it affect us? Um, no, it's not going to overcome your affidavit. It's not going to overcome any of that. And that's why I suggest instead of, if you can, and I know some people can't, but if you can, go in person into the supervisor of elections office. Give them a copy of the affidavit and just ask that question. Look, I just submitted this to the Secretary of State. I'm no longer a citizen of the United States, and uh, and but that's how I'm registered, and that's how you got to be registered to vote according to your rules, the way I understand them. But now I'm a citizen of the United States of America, and I still want to participate in that system. How do I get categorized? In other well, words, what label? Is- what label do you put on me? Right. Exactly. And that's what a few of us have been working on. Um, I'm wondering if I know, I'm sure Paget has removed herself. So 
I'll have to reach out to her and ask her if how she did it, if she did. Well, and, and again, you, you, you don't want to remove yourself. You want to know how to get categorized so you can participate. But I don't want you don't want to lie to them. You don't want me lying right. to you, do you? That's the you know, hey, Miss Miss or Mister Supervisor, you don't want me lying to you. That's against the law. I'm trying to do everything right here. I've done it up to this point. Here's my affidavit. This is the situation. How do I participate? Right. So some of the, you know, some people may have already gone to the elections office and you know tried removing themselves as voters, but want to participate as. A national as an elector, if their name is being used, even though they don't vote, you know, fraudulently, Damn. would they be, uh, um, would they find you is no. the concern? Like you, all right. Okay. Let me ask you a question. All right. Hold on. Is. Let's look, let's look at that situation. Do you know how sensitive this information is to these damn slaving bastards? Yep. Do you think they're going to overtly do anything that can bring this into any kind of a forum where these objects can be brought up and discussed? They're not. I guess they, yeah, I guess it would be a good thing if they did. Okay. It'd be a great thing. You know, somebody and this guy last night, Lynn, and he's got a friend who's a lawyer. And so he found out about me through somebody and, uh, and he would read, bought, bought the book, read it, and and that, <laughs> that's the way we got set up because he read the book, and the only email address was Glenn's. So he sends Glenn an email, and Glenn forwards him over to me, you know. And uh, so, uh, it, it, that was uh, kind of interesting. But uh, let's see, what was my point? I had a point there, and I got I lost it. Uh, but uh, this voting thing can be really important because um, we can open up a can of worms. His, his, this is what I was going to say. His attorney friend, after he before he spoke to me and after he'd gotten a, a little bit of the information, he called his attorney friend. And the attorney friend goes, well, you know, that's all probably good and fine, but it doesn't matter. What matters is what the judge says in court. And to some extent, that's true. Okay. But... Um, our object is for you not to be in court because they don't have any jurisdiction over you. Okay. So how, if you get into court, do you handle it? Well, you go back to that 1835 Supreme Court case. And it says the passport is an ex parte document. It's only to identify you to foreign nations under the law of nations, etc. However, if this is a matter of citizenship, it's an ex parte document, the passport. And what really matters is what paperwork is in possession of the Secretary of State. And then there's a comma, if admissible in a court of law, comma, should be considered the higher and better evidence. Well, right there is why we use affidavits, right? Because affidavits are court testimony, and if they're not contested with another affidavit rebutting the facts signed under penalty of perjury, it's still a valid affidavit. Right. Okay, so here's the key. If you've got that paperwork in the possession of the secretary and you're in a courtroom setting, you can bring that into the setting because it's in possession of the secretary and unrebutted, and it bypasses the rules of evidence.
Yep. They can't keep it out. Okay. And I appreciate Lynn. He's new. You know, everybody's scared of these guys. They've instilled a great deal of fear in us. And that stops you from doing things, all right? And you got to realize the power's yours that's been stolen from you. Take it back and get empowered, okay? And then you can stand up, and if you got into a court setting, you think they want that document brought out in a court setting and discussed, Mirka? Of course not. Of course not. So, see, we're holding the Trump cards. We've just been cowered into a corner. We don't understand the Trump card, and we don't understand how to play it. Right. So, yeah, yes. Is that Samuel? Yes. Um, I'm not saying not to do it, but um, I like pushing these people as much as possible. Amen. To have them answer that question question i think is is great but the the other day paul preston said that when they did the recall for newsom in california those signatures that were on the recall ended up in voting against the republicans in nevada and arizona so this system is so rotten through and through They've been they've been cooking this electoral thing for a long time, okay. And then they should have started an investigation on on Newsom or whoever used those signatures. Well, he's Preston is saying that there might be an indictment on him. I I you know I take that with a grain of salt, but he has said it, so I don't know. Well, they certainly need to be indicted. Yeah, if, if, if your signature in one state shows up in the elections in another state so that they can create votes against their opposition, that's that's out there. Yeah, yeah and of course, that recall you're talking about was against Lee Elder, who, was, who would be a fine governor. And you saw what they did to Lee Elder in the debates last week, right? I missed that. They wouldn't let him on. They he he had every qualification, and they wouldn't let him on that stage. But they let people like Pence and the others who didn't have all the qualifications on there. So yeah, the whole thing's just totally rotten to the core. Okay, so Roger, the main thing is the students um, can remove themselves from the voters' registration. But the main point is to see how we can participate. Right, and if they do get a try. If they try to fine you or or send you a fee for supposedly voting, your affidavit okay. doesn't trump your affidavit. Well, they're not so going to do that because then that, that they're not going to do that because that risks you coming in with this information and possibly putting it into a forum of some sort. They're scared to death okay. of this, folks. Right. Okay. Okay, and you're not removing yourself from the roles. You're trying to find out how you can be classified to participate. I want to participate. These local officials and stuff are important. All politics is local. Okay? I want to participate and be able to help choose who we can get in there. How do I participate? It's not I want to remove myself. It's how do I change myself out of this status that I've changed and get into another status where I can participate. Yeah, Bruce. Uh, What I'm figuring out is I think you need to remove yourself as a citizen, U.S. citizen, 
and you are going to re-enter into into a, a national. Right, exactly. Yeah, well, Take yourself off the road and go read yourself as a national. Well, that's, what, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, and, and see, here's their problem, because they've skewed this whole thing for political theater, and they've only included federal citizens. Right. Okay. And that's what I was thinking, Roger. It's like, if we if we push them, they're going to have to bring in the national. Um, well, that's why voter. I brought that's why I brought this up, and I'm trying to get you guys to right. do this. But then they're also going to have to allow a national participator too, as part of you know the you know um, the candidates because they're giving them a hard time too. I know that there was a few people trying to do that. Well, they're they're and now trying they, to find the loophole. Well, they're trying to keep Trump off the ballots now, and what are they using? The insurrection clause from the Fourteenth Amendment. They were going over it yesterday with Owen. Owen Stroyer was going over it yesterday. Right back to the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment. And, of course, that applied after the Civil War and just like white citizens over in Title 42 because all they've done is taken those laws and incorporated them into the statutes and they're still there from the Civil War. White citizens? I thought we were the, I thought we were the terrorists. Demetrius, did you know you're going to, when you do this, you're going to be a white citizen? <laughs> I think that's cute. Um, so uh, anyway, what you're trying to do is press the envelope here. And because these people don't know this stuff. You're ha- we're having to be educators, and the way you do it is you ask questions. Here's my affidavit. I've changed status. I don't want to do anything illegal. Heaven forbid. And I'm not a citizen of the United States anymore, but I want to participate. How do I participate? How do you classify me? And leave that hot potato right in their damn lap. Yep. And we enough of us start doing that and start going up through the supervisor to the secretary of state of your state and the legal department. And all of a sudden, all over the country, all these law, lawyers for the secretary of state that oversee election are going, holy smokes, we got a problem here, Houston. It's a way for us to offensively. There, there's no potential blowback for you that I can see any way, shape, or form, okay? And it's only aggressive on them and their fraud. And now we know their fraud. How do I participate? You know, I, I would say again, don't forget, when you file this affidavit, you acquire political rights. You've never had political rights. That's why you had to register as a citizen of the United States to participate. That's the franchise, but you got to be a slave to participate. I'm not a slave anymore. I want to participate. I'm entitled to participate. How do you categorize me? I mean, listen, this is like an electric cattle prod to those folks, folks. But we got to go in and press the envelope. Yeah. So um, just for David's uh, concern, the affidavit protects you. Yeah. And just like with the the affidavit and the secretary of state, how many of you were scared to send that in? I wasn't. 
Okay, well, I guarantee you there are some. And there's a whole bunch of people that won't do it because they're so scared to do it. And they don't realize that what set of laws you live under is your choice, not theirs. They don't even understand that simple empowerment concept right there. Yeah, Alan. Sitting, Alan. This is Gary. Oh, you sound like that. You two sound One like. Of these days, hey, Gary. Well, hey, I bet you've been missing, and I heard there's some what? fires out there. Have you been surrounded by them fires out there in Flathead County? No, but we sure got the smoke everywhere in the county. I mean, the fires are in the county, but you got to understand how big Flathead County is. No, okay. <laughs> it's about half the state, just the county itself. Is that right? But anyway. Oh, yeah, Flathead County's huge. So, uh, had a new person's class last night and had eight new people plus a bunch of Monday night regulars show up. Oh, so cool. Just thought I'd pass that on. Okay, good. Congratulations and good work oh. to you and Gina. I got to include Gina or she'll come after me. You and Gina are doing. What is she picking up out of Hawaii, Gary? What's she picking up out of Hawaii, Gary? Oh, it, it's all a scam to steal land. It's, it was all done on purpose. I mean, that's even what the Hawaiians are thinking. Yeah, you know that they... Mom, she's 76. Yeah, they've, they've put a... She uh, can a, even recognize it. Even she can see it. They have uh, moved back the line of uh, from how you can get into Lahaina, and they've got miles and miles of black fence totally surrounding the area now, heavily, extra heavily patrolled by police. I saw the footage on it last night. It's all a big. They've been caught. They've been caught red-handed. They've been they've been caught red-handed here, and man, they are. I think they're freaking out over it. Yeah, it's a question I've asked for two or three weeks. Is Lahaina Maui the step too far? And it may be. It could be. Even people in my class recognize that it was done on purpose. But one thing that a lot of people are not talking about, and and you don't under, people don't understand, Lahaina is their historic yes, capital for thousands of years. That that was the Hawaii, yes, king and queen. That was where their historic capital was, and this really pissing Hawaiians off. I hope so. You know, one of the only buildings that was left was the old post office, the original post office in Lahaina, when they were under a, a British protectorate, and they still fly the British flag there. Yeah. So uh, Gina's been keeping in steady contact with her mother. Okay. Concerning this. Now, her mom lives on a walk. But you got to understand how close knit that community is. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got relatives that live on Maui. Sure. So anyway, I just thought I'd tell you about my new students last night, and we're growing steady out here, and just keep adding more and more people. Okay, and and Gary, what Gary and Gina have done out there in uh, Northwest Montana is an example that any of you can do. Any of you can start meetings, you know, whether you don't go to Gary found a place that is, I guess it's free for you to use the facility, right? You can do that. Go to the local library. Uh, well, I rent it. You have to rent the building. Okay. And, uh, but then I ask for donations cover the cost of the building. I'm not trying. I don't make money at right, it, Roger. Right, I right. just want to make sure I can no. cover 
Uh, well, you're putting putting all the effort up and have done everything to pave the way to do it, and that's the way that it's done. You could also, if you don't have enough people and you're not in a condition situation to do that, go to your local public library. They've always got rooms that they will let people use, especially for civic purposes, because the library's there for the public. Okay, and you can put ads in the paper. You can put flyers out around town. You want to really know what's happening? Give a night. Give a time, and it doesn't matter how many people come. I mean, you know, when I used to do this, Gary, I'd drive all the way across the top side of Atlanta because we had a free room over there, and sometimes I'd make that 30-minute drive each way, and nobody would show up. Okay? One time, one guy showed up, and I did a three-hour presentation for one guy. Not the one up you, Roger, but my drive's an hour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to get to town. That's how far out in the boonies we live. Lucky wow. you. So anyway, any of you can do that and take Gary's model. Gary will be glad. If you want to write me an email, I'll put you in touch with Gary. You can find out how he did it. Daniel Mintz down in Southern California is doing the same thing. He's growing. we got a number of students on here from Daniel's efforts. And you can do this too. Okay. I'm not telling you to do it, but if you're motivated by the information and you want to contribute, that's a good way to do it. And then you're also starting to find people in your local area that you can educate or that are interested, and you grow your ranks in your local area, and now you become stronger and you got like-minded people right there next to you. So there's a lot of advantages to it, okay? Roger, it's... Uh... You get the people that are interested in prepping. You get the people interested in radio communications. You get, you know, I got two guys in the class that's come pretty much every Monday that's uh, super duper knowledgeable on ham radio. I got another guy that's an armorer. I mean, he's, you know, he, he knows weapon systems inside and out. I mean, it just, you can network through this for whatever may happen in the future that's one big important thing it really and is. i would venture to say everybody that comes my classes regularly they're every one of them's preppers i mean they're preparing for whatever may happen and that gives you a network too of like-minded people and so that's probably as important as national. you know my question for 30 years when you're dealing with people that you don't know is and trying to evaluate them you know is would i put my back up against yours in a foxhole that's right can i count on you in a foxhole that's it okay so several other people were trying to say something there i think one of them was boris if you got a comment you can finish up but there were a couple people trying to get in i gotta go back to work Okay. Well, thank you. Gary, thank you for all you and Gene are doing out there. Okay. Because uh, you're making an impact. Yes. Okay. We're going to go yeah, with the female was, first. Let's go with that female. Okay. Who was that? Who was that gal right Annie, um, Hey, Annie. Annie. Um, I'm, I'm going to, um, uh, I have uh, booths at the um, um, Miami Doral for the reawaken tour and one in California. So I got a captive audience where I'm going to put your information out in the iTerra one. Fantastic. Um, Are you working yeah, with Alan? Yeah. Are you working with Alan? Cause no. Alan's doing the same thing. You wrote me an email about it. Mm. Mm. 
No, I'm not. Okay, well, good. I'm. Y'all are getting. I mean, I think he's and, got and a, also, a a booth that he paid for at the Reawaken America tour. I'm not sure what city, but he was going to do the same thing: yeah. take our information and take the Itera wand. Uh, for those of you that are doing yeah. it, you may want to go and get copies of Devin's handbook and pass that out to people that are interested. Truly. Okay, so there's just another suggestion, but good on you. See, this is a team, folks. We got to work as a team. Teams always accomplish more than individuals. Always, period, no exception. Okay, we got to work as a team. That's why I've structured this like this, Boris. Roger, I think I have to start acting white because I don't know that I was a white citizen right now. That's right. Well, I'm you are. Hispanic. That's my problem. It's That's you, my problem, Roger. But, I'm too- <laughs> but, but, Boris, you sound like a white extremist supremacist terrorist to me. <laughs> yeah, I tell people this information and they look at me like I, I am from another planet. Yep. Uh, uh, most most of the population is gone, folks. But m- many of them are irretrievable. Uh, unfortunately for them, the good news for us is they're probably going to line up and get the jab. Okay. So as I've said for a couple of years now, the, the jab was a national IQ test. Did you pass? Now there's somebody. I did. Hell yeah! Uh, good for you. We're I glad passed. to have I you. Passed, Roger. Well, Boris, I'm real proud of you, man. Being a from another culture and all that, and taking to this and taking it to the point you have, and growing and getting empowered. You know, Roger. When I was growing, I always see the Statue of the Liberty, and I don't know what it was, you know, but I thought it was about liberty, and I want to be here, you know. But when I came here, I find out that. We are slaves. We're not free. It's all make-believe, you know? And people cannot see it because they are deceived. They, they believe every word. There are none so helplessly enslaved as those who falsely believe they are free. Those people are helplessly enslaved, Boris. All you can do for them, you can do two things. You can plant seeds, and you can pray for them. Those are the only two things you can do for them. You know my old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it think. So food for thought. Right. Uh, Anybody else got something to contribute? There are several people trying to get in, and we're going to go back to Merca. Okay. So if you Hi, had... Roger. It's Mississippi Mama. Hey, Mama. Yeah. How you doing? I was just thinking about doing? her. I'm good. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Marco. Hi. So, I was just thinking oh, about Roger. you a little while ago. So I guess you're not coming down to lunch today, right? Yeah, well, no, 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 no. Not today. I'm, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm working on my paperwork oh, good. for the Nationals and stuff like that. Good. But I wanted... I met with Scott day too and he said when we uh when i come he's gonna come too good well we always like seeing scott we hope we do it real real just don't know exactly when okay but my question is you uh you mentioned prepping no gary gary you mentioned the word prepping did you have can you hear me yeah i hear you 
Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. We hear you. Uh, what did you have in what did you have in mind in terms of how long we should be prepping for? And you're talking about food and water, stuff like that? Well, you know, uh, Mama, we're in Ecuador. I don't see that as a big problem for us. Yes. But for people in the States and other mm-hmm. places of the world, it very well may be a big problem, especially in the States, because whether you know it or not, the horse of famine is coming. Okay. So, uh, those people, it's much more pointed at the people that are in a little more precarious position. You know, here for us, there's no problem with water and the food literally rots on the ground. Nobody's going to starve in Ecuador. Okay. Okay. I, I read an article that said Ecuador had joined 13 other countries in helping to contribute to the world famine which means that they are going to be growing less food and all that kind of stuff. They want Klaus. That's where I saw that article. Well, I've, I heard some, some uh, scuttlebutt on that, and Klaus Schwab went to a number of countries, and what he did, well, yeah, contribute to world famine. Can you stop exporting so much food? You know what our big exports uh-huh. are here? Bananas and shrimp. And they're going to cut down on the exporting of those two and probably some other things, too. I don't know the specifics, but I do know that happened. But that just means more for us because they're not shipping it out to other people. It's going to hurt the economy of Ecuador. I was having a... I was having a nice conversation yesterday with my translator on this visa thing I had to do yesterday. And uh, she's Ecuadorian, spent a couple of years in St. Louis, and she spoke fluent English. I was real impressed, okay? And we were, she's very interested in economics. What's her, what's her name? D- uh, her Dominica. Name? Dominica. Like the island, Dominica. And uh, she, uh, we were talking, she's very interested. Dominica. Oh, Dominica. I thought you were talking about Dominica. Okay. Yeah. No. And anyway, I was trying to explain some of this stuff to her basics and economics and how it impacts Ecuador. She's interested in international business. And uh, I was explaining the whole BRICS situation and all that stuff that's developing. And evidently, the Mercosur group, uh, Mercosur is an organization of South American states for the audience, and it's a trade organization. And uh, Mercosur has advised all member countries to join the BRICS. Okay. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. Okay, then. I was just curious about what you thought about prepping and everything. I, I, but I would suggest, even yeah. though you say we have plenty of water and all that, that everybody try to get them a good water filter just in case you need to filter some water. Well, that can, that never can hurt, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, if, if I need food, <laughs> Mama, all I got to do is go right down to Tobacco and walk down the street, man. And it's all these people that have land and grow stuff, and they got all these vendors on the street you know they're selling uh we get four or five avocados for a dollar and right over at the bus stop i can get uh as papayas are coming in now and this and the mangoes chupar mangoes for sucking uh because this is the season that they're ripe i can go down to the bus stop and get six medium-sized papayas for a dollar okay uh, I forget how many years of corn, and they got white corn down here, and the white corn is not GMO. Okay, so you can go get I don't know six, eight, eight years of corn for a dollar. So nobody's going to starve here. 
Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yep. So, and I think you're pretty good up in Cotacachi. I've never been up there. I heard an awful lot about it. There's an awful lot of you gringos up there, I know, per capita. And uh, I'm sure y'all got a lot of the same type of availability from what I understand. Yes, we certainly do. Big markets, the farms nearby and everything. Right. And then it's always good to get to know some of the well, farms. Well, on top of that, you've got L&S and the other, there's a couple of other ones I hear, which are Americans that moved down here, bought land, set up a farming operation in a produce situation, and they've got organic everything, and they process all their own meat, and they come sell it to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, you're yeah, obvious. I those, yes. Yeah. We have a big market on the Thursday, Ringo Market on the Thursday. Right. Uh, yeah, you got a big market up there once a week. Yeah, but this L and S company, they take orders and they've built up a pretty good client base, and they come down here to Quito in a in a truck and fulfill all these orders. And what you know, their first, who their biggest customer is the embassy. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Walt's been my buddy. Walt's been a customer of theirs, and they even come by his house and deliver because he's so regular and stocks up his freezer with all the good organic meat. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all right. Yeah. Roger, do you have any idea? Changing the subject a little bit. Do you have any idea how long it's taken to get a new passport now? About a month. Have you heard anything? I did it earlier this year. It, it was just about a month to the day. Now, Mama, do you know that they've got Roger, a, it's nine to eleven weeks, Roger? Okay, nine well, to eleven weeks. Well, we, I got my. Well, I, I got one in a month in January. Now they they may be inundated uh, with apps now, but um, Mama, do you know they've got a? You don't have a DHL office up there, do you? DHL. I think we do. I, I okay. Well, here with they've got a new deal. DHL, I think, must be owned by the Rothschilds. Has got a new deal with the embassy, and what you do is you go by the DHL thing, and you give them your application and all that, and you have to pay them to get it to the embassy. And then when it's delivered to the embassy, they will send it back to DHL, and you can go pick it up at DHL. Okay, so go to DHL to give them uh, your... Well, why don't you ask them, go, drop by DHL and ask them about their passport policy, and they'll tell you, okay? Because I just used it. Now, the other thing that they're requiring now that they didn't used to for evidently out-of-the-states passport stuff is they want you to have an address, okay? So be okay. be, be conscious of that, you know? Uh, but that's why I use the DHL office. You know, I'll just go pick it up over there. I gave them another address. You know, honestly, I've been here for two years in October, and I don't even know the name of the street I live on. <laughs> well, okay, so just go to the DHL office and check about um, the yeah. passports and how yeah. long it takes and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And you said they want you to have an address, but you gave the DHL address? Well, they'll still want you to have some sort of address on there, but you can at least have them send it back to DHL where they don't have to worry about delivering it to you if you want to use somebody else's address, which is what I did. 
But you can go to DHL and deliver it. They take care of getting it up there, and then when it's done, they send it back, and you walk in and pick it up. Okay, well, wow, because I got a couple of people that need to get theirs renewed, and uh, this is good information to know. Yeah, we'll spread the word up there. It's a lot easier than having to screw with going to the embassy and all that rest of that crap. Okay, sounds good. You know, I've Thank been out. So I've, I've been out of the country fifteen years and in two different countries, and I've never been to a U.S. embassy yet. <laughs> I don't. I know that's true. Okay. <laughs> so uh, good, Mama. Been here fifteen years. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for answering my questions. It's nice to hear your voice and nice to hear Merka's voice, okay? Well, well, we're glad to hear yours too, sweetie. So you too. Continue to join us. Thank you. Uh, so anybody else got anything, or I'm going to go back to Merka here? Roger, I wanted to say something about uh, what we were talking about on the elections. Uh, my Our purpose of giving them a hard time is exposing the fraud. Exactly. You're, so you're going it's in not and that you want to vote. It's not that you want to vote in this uh, U.S. system voting system right now. It's expo. It's what we're doing is exposing them. Well, see, They're we fraudulent. Well, we can't vote because we're not citizens of the United States, and that's why we want to know what category in. Because I think the only thing they can put us in is an elector. Right. You're not a voter. You're an elector. But you really don't want to vote in this system we need to dismantle this system if you can own. if you can vote as, as an elector why not i mean see here's the problem is not you want me. to participate in who's chosen for your local offices that is direct right. to you and you can't right. do that unless you vote now the question is how am i voting under what category and what's my classification because now i've got political rights lady and you're right see you go in like inspector colombo merck are you old enough to remember uh, inspector colombo yes i think so you know the guy oh 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 one more question you know just a just question just a question uh here's this thing here's the situation how do i participate and now you throw on you thrown a hot yeah. potato right in their lap. Right, exactly. That's why we're doing it. Um, but the main thing is there's a lot, too many of these evil people in the system with, that we're voting in. And it's just not going to change by even changing local, you well, know, state and county. What, what if you were now and they had to classify you as an elector? Now you're the guy that's not the voter. You're the one that's got more of the final say in who gets in that office. And see, these are the questions we don't have the answers to yet. Yeah. My thoughts are how do we remove the people that are there? Well, look at it this don't. way, Mirka. You're remove oh, the, like the dead people and stuff? No, the people that are in office now uh, well. that are the actors... Well, let me give you a roundabout answer. The way you're going to get them removed is by straightening out the system or at least exposing the fraudulent nature of it. And this little voting deal on where how do you classify right. me is one of the ways we do that. 
Right, right, right. I see that. Okay. So I would encourage all of you, if you can, in person, take a copy of your affidavit in, go to the Supervisor of Elections office. You, you ought to do it now because next year is this next election. If we're going to have one cranks up, those folks are going to be real busy. Do it now. Okay, go into the supervisor of elections office, carry your affidavit in, show it to them. Go, look, I I don't want to lie to you folks. I'm not a citizen of the United States anymore. And that's how I've always participated. And that's what I used to be. But I'm not that now. So here's what I am. How do I participate? (laughs) So. And then if they don't know, and they probably won't, so you go, well, who can I talk to about this? They're going to refer you to the Secretary of State of your state because he handles and oversees all elections. And just like the boys in Louisiana are doing, and I haven't heard an update on that in a few days, but I know they're working on it. I think Dwayne sent the guy a certified letter. And how do I participate? And he goes, well, you can't participate. Well, hold it. That's overt discrimination. I've got political rights. I'm a national citizen, and you say I can't participate in an election? That's outright discrimination there, Mr. Attorney. How can you discriminate against me? The When you get to that point, folks... Man, can you imagine if a bunch of us in a bunch of states got to this key guy and started educating them, and they're all getting together going, hold it, I got this big problem here. What the hell do we do? And what you're doing with a lot of them is you're saying, you're in a backdoor way, you're showing, look at this fraudulent setup here that you didn't understand how it worked, buddy. Now I've got the power, and I'm putting your feet to the fire true see you got to get powerful you got to get empowered and realize your position when you've changed here you're the one with the power now yep i see that well you can see it it's hard for people to grow into it and realize it because we've been so downtrodden and put into a corner quivering because we're afraid some damn SWAT team's going to come through our door It's a process. It's a process, folks. And the way you you accelerate the process is you learn the information. As you learn the information, you get more confidence. As you get more confidence, you're empowered and you can do this stuff. But until you learn the information, you're just still a stupid surf sitting over in the corner. Oh, I filed a piece of paper. I'm free. No, you're not. Yeah, I see that if we do do that and push the envelope, with and, everything, you know, in every state. Right. And there see, there would be more national candidates. For our people, this just does nothing but enhance your empowerment. Because all of a sudden, you, as a little old citizen who thought you're just, you know, pretty not insignificant, are walking into some official and going, I got this situation here. And, and you throw them into a tizzy. You're the one with the power. Now you've got it. Maybe that's how the system will change. Well, if there's enough of Is us and we get... Was that Wahib? Yeah, is that Merka, Roger? Because Merka sent me something saying I need to do something. 
with that letter that the AG sent me talking about they're not a legal advisory. Well, uh, you don't have to do anything with that. They say, but we do have, uh, we do take care of our private citizens. You're a private citizen yeah. now. Wahib, Wahib, how's it feel to be one of the white citizens? Okay, so private citizen, private citizen, that's what it says. Yeah, but I, I want you to answer my question. How does it feel to be one of the white citizens now? Do you feel discriminated against? <laughs> I guess so. But, yeah, it does say private citizen, and we, we don't give legal advice and advise legal. Yeah, if you want matters. any legal advice, if you want any legal advice, Wahib, you need to go to the ultra-corrupt California bar. Well, that's what they said in the letter. We don't give legal advice and private, to private citizens and something. Right. He got somewhere. The, what does it say? Uh, he got the Bontel left letter. Side. Well, all they're doing is acknowledging the receipt of your notice, and they're telling you very discreetly that they don't have any control over you. You're a private citizen now. Got it, Wahib? Wahib, can, can you give me permission? Yeah. Do I have permission yeah, to call Wahib. you? Do I have the permission to call you Whitey? What? I can't. It's done, boss. Don't me late for dinner. <laughs> okay, so we got Wahib taken care of. He's back with us. Hadn't seen him in a few days. Mark, you want to go ahead with the next thing on your list? I think that's it, Roger. Okay. I was just thinking, you know, well, exposing I, them that way and changing our, you know, it, the system has to change for us to, for it to make a difference. So well, we can, it can't be the same. And I think it just needs to be dismantled and start from scratch. Well, I don't disagree with you. And, and we get enough people we make and start doing that stuff. We don't have enough people yet. We got to get the people that we do have to start pressing the envelopes on the two things we got. We can get offensive with voting and IRS. Right. Okay. Enough of us pull ourselves out of IRS and the people that qualify do a revocation of election. We start yanking three past years of funds out of that account. And eventually these bastards have got to eat their own paper. But you said something about go to the election, the election board, because I want to hurry no, up and do that. No, 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 no. You don't go to the board. Uh, why? Please listen. The reason you got all these questions is because you're not listening. Okay. You go to the supervisor of elections office. They're the ones you go to when you register to vote. You go into them first. They're probably not going to know what you're talking about. And when they can't give you a satisfactory answer, you go, where do I go from here? They're probably going to refer you to the Secretary of State of California and the legal people because they've got total control constitutionally over the elections on how to set the process and everything else. You go to the legal people and start asking them. I'm not a citizen of the United States. I ab- I know how seriously you take lying and perjury. And I don't want to do that. 
I'm not a citizen of the United States anymore like I have been, but I still want to participate. How do I register? Another thing, Roger, um, a lot of students are employed, and I know we talked about, I think it was Saturday, uh, about the coercion with the mandates and the jabs. Um, I suggested that they give, you know, a notice to their employer and the schools um, if their children are in school with um, noticing them that they're nationals and um, make sure that the legal team gets it. And if they go, you know, if they um, try to, you know, um, harass them in any way, they they would be able to respond with another notice towards them. Well, if they will see if they object, now you got a chance to really press the envelope here. You're the one with the power. They're the ones that think they've got the power, but they don't when they're dealing with you. Right. So um, I'm thinking people are starting to feel like pressure uh, that they're going to lose their position or you know, some, they're going to get harassed. So. Well, uh, here's a question. Is keeping a job worth losing your life? You see, I can't answer that question for you. Right. Let's hope they're going to back down on this. I, I think the little Jones uh, expose that he caught them with their pants down two weeks ago has really kind of thrown them into a tizzy because they had all this ready to roll out, and now they got caught again. Okay, so we'll see how it develops. I don't have uh, I don't have any way to foretell the future, unfortunately. Students, students need to understand that we are under public law, not private law, and they. We are out of their jurisdiction, so they try to, um, you know, intimidate us in some way. You know, they're exceeding their, they're they're imposing their policies and well, they're stepping out their their jurisdiction. Well, they're exceeding their delegated responsibilities. Right. In other words, all these government officials, they have set guidelines that they can operate within. If they step outside those guidelines, they lose their cloak of immunity and they become personally liable. So you got the power, folks. You just got to grow into it, realize who, who you are and what this situation is and start asserting yourself. And I think that's where where we use our fee schedule, too. Well, yeah, you can do that. I I don't know how well that works or anything else. It's a nice little threat to them, whatever. Who was trying to say something there? Scotty. Hey, Scotty. It's really who you know, Roger. It's really we have the the ability to still contract. It's just that you have to get together with the right people. Like I've been trying to instead of go the mainstream, the big people, to go with the smaller people with the private following. It's the same thing. Like 2,000 mules had all kinds of paid people to vote. All you got to do is contract with the right people. All you got to do, I'll make a contract. If you want to be an organ donor, I'll hook you up with some of these people from 2,000 mules, and they'll vote for you. So so there's many ways that you can get around. But why would you want to vote is, is the 
is the meaning here? I, I don't understand. Well, because sir, well, because of the statement that all politics is local. So but, who sits on your school board and who sits on the county commission might be important to you. The, the, the thing is, Scotty, they're not voting as U.S. citizens. They're voting as nationals. And that's what, that's what the question is. Well, how does our vote count? We may how not. Our, if you get changed uh, to an elector, that? if you're, if they, if it is the elector they change you to or that we would qualify for, you're not voting in an election. You're an elector that helps decide who the potential guy is. But according to, um, actually, I just put a link in the chat from her, from uh, Deborah Tavares. According to Deborah Tavares, it's we only have the illusion of a voice. It's really we're right. picking A, B, C, or D, and they're all the same. Scotty, so it's really just an illusion. Of we a know vote. that you're really just getting Scotty into the trap is what I'm feeling. That's what I'm trying to get you out of. Are you not listening? Okay, I'm just trying to show both sides. Okay, well, you're not a citizen you know of the United means, States anymore. You're trying to ask them, I've changed. How do I participate? Well, I'm really not trying to be facetious, but it's like you're trying to get a jury duty by telling them about, you know, uh, that you jury nullification that's all right i'll yield i just trying to show you the other side you know the other half well i I don't understand what you're trying to get across to me i think he's trying to say that you that per their rules or he's suggesting that per their rules we cannot participate because it's for citizens only Right. uh, Well, then, but hold on, but hold on. I'm a citizen of the United States of America. Are you discriminating against me? No, I was only making a joke, Roger. I was only making a joke. Sure, you could vote. Just sign up to be an organ donor. It was only a joke, brother. I was only kidding. What we're doing is pressing the envelope and trying to get some results by exposing the fraud from the grassroots up. Yep. And they can't discriminate against us. So why can't I participate and how do you classify me? That's the potato you want to put in their lap, Scotty. Expose them. That's what I know there's a fraud. I've got the fraud covered. I've corrected it. How do I participate? Because you can't discriminate against me. man i'm looking for any way to press the envelope here on the offense and get empowered so anyway the message is the message is exposing them not voting in the u.s system I mean, you know, all these super, listen, these super, every supervisor of election in the whole country is aware of the fraud stuff, either directly or indirectly. And what you're doing is adding more fuel to that fire of fraud. It's non-threatening. They can't do anything to you. Go in like Inspector Colombo, plop your document down and ask them the questions.
I mean, all right, Scotty, if you don't do stuff like this, how else are we going to spread this? I have many ideas as a visionary to make videos. Um, Give me a minute to think. I'll think of something that I wrote down last week. Okay. Um, But I just just put that good video in in the thing. It's the third film by Michael Murphy. Oh, yeah. I just not finished because he was killed. Right. I heard Tavares talking. It's called Gray uh, something. Uh, Unconventional Gray. Unconventional Gray. I just heard her talking about that this morning. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Uh, this guy, they killed this guy, evidently. So somebody finally found the, the film. A driver is someone in commerce. Oh, what? A traveler is a free citizen. Is that, is that, hold on, is that conversation for us? We weren't talking about driving and traveling. Is that conversation no. that's overriding no, for us? If not, can you please put your mute on and have the side conversation on the side? Yeah, right down here. The passes. Okay. There he's here. That's the strip. Okay, well, I'm going to sit back, and I'm not going to say anything until we get this straight. Okay. We've been talking about elections and stuff, not driving and traveling. I don't know. I, I'm assuming that was a side conversation. Yes, it was. Okay. So where else can we go this morning? Nobody's got any questions or comments? Roger. Mississippi Mama again. Yes, Mama. Roger. Once you become a national, does that in any way interfere with your monthly Social Security check or your pension check every month? Nope, 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 nope. If it did, it would be discrimination, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I just want to double check with you. Do you you know, Mama, you can can contract with Social Security at any citizen in the world. You don't have to be a U.S. Okay. Anybody in the world can contract with Social Security, okay? Hey, Rush, this is Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, I got a question. This is a strange one. Now, since we moved, removed ourselves from, from their bonds and uh, stuff, what happens to the bonds that are, are issued already on the being transaction? Well, see, here's what's going on. They have to collect your taxes to make those bond payments. The bonds are the national debt. If they don't get enough money in the account to pay the bondholders, then they've got to pay the legitimate bondholders first, don't they? If they don't pay the legitimate bondholders first, the bond market goes upside down, right? Mike? Yeah, I was just thinking since we pulled ourselves from the system that those bonds should be automatically null and void. Well, they should be, but I mean, we're dealing with damn th- slavers and thieves. Come on here. They're not going to do anything by the book, okay? But the place we squeeze them is input from taxation into that account that pays the bondholders. Because now they've got a really unique situation. They've had to buy – They, I've heard the Federal Reserve owns 50% or more of the bonds in, in, the, in the world now, our bonds, 
All right. That's why they were forcing them on these banks like Silicon Valley Bank. That 55% of their asset sheet was in basically 0.5 or 1% bonds. That, and they didn't hedge that as the interest rate started rising. And that's what was a great contributor to them going under. Okay. So the Federal Reserve having to buy all these bonds that all these countries and individuals are selling, and they force them off into the banking system or in pension funds or all these other places because they don't want to hold them. Okay. So it, as that happens, and they continue to have to buy more bonds, and less and less people contribute from their income tax into the account that pays the bonds, then they've got to pay the legitimate bondholders first with the money that comes in, don't they? If they yeah, don't... I was watching a documentary. Well, let's just finish on this for people that are listening, okay? Oh. I, don't, I want them to follow the thread here. So they, to maintain legitimacy and keep the bond market afloat, the bond market's the the big kahuna everything, okay, because that's where all the debt is. They get a diminished amount of income coming in from taxation, and they've got to pay these bondholders, then they've got to pay the legitimate bondholders first, not the ones that they've been holding themselves, okay? And so... As that happens and more and more bonds come up, they got to buy more and more of them or the bond market goes upside down and the whole thing's exposed. So I, the way I see it and, and have thought it through, that's why removing yourself from IRS is so powerful. From now on, you're not contributing every year. And if we could kick in the revocation of election for people that have the kahunas and want to and have put their affidavit in, they can do revocation of election and not only not be paying in in the future, but go back and claw three years out. So now that pool of money to pay the bondholders is dwindling. Now they're eating their own paper. I was watching a documentary. I got to find it again, where this guy worked for a bank, a big bank, and he does loans. And uh, he'd seen what the banks were doing. And he said, uh, in 2007, he said, this is fixed to crash hard. Yeah. And then he went through the entire description of what happened. And uh, this documentary came about six months ago, and he said, it's fixing to happen again. He said, this time the bond market's going to crash. Well, you got two real big kahunas in the room. The bond market and commercial property. The commercial property is probably going to crash it for the bond market can because they can continue to cover up and eat. But they can't continue to stop people from vacating all these offices that are now empty. 45% of the offices in New York City are, are used. 55% of the offices in New York City are vacant. That statistic I heard from Mike McGill a couple of weeks ago stuck in my mind. The Empire State Building is 108 stories high, Mike. Right? Mike? Did Mike go away? Okay. The Empire State Building is 108 stories high. There's 28 Empire State Buildings equivalent empty in New York City alone. A 
huge underpinning in the economy is commercial loaning and all these shopping centers and all these office buildings and all this crap they finance to build. And now people aren't there anymore. And literally, the guy that owns the biggest hotel in San Francisco turned the keys into him and walked away a couple of weeks ago. That is what's probably going to precipitate the crash, much more so than the bond market. But the bond market is the big kahuna. And that's what we can we – can, I can't do anything about commercial real estate, Okay. But I can certainly help people get out of the IRS and for the people that want to get three years of money back and diminish that account that pays the bondholders. And if there's one thing these bastards can't stand, it's eating their own fraudulent paper. Don't forget, they're God's money. Okay. So just just two things we can do offensively, pretty easy, pretty non-threatening, that can have an effect. I don't know when. I don't know what extent, but I know we can have an effect on these areas. Voting and IRS. The IRS is the key to their whole system. Because the credit spout that allows all the credit that they leaven is this attachment of your birth certificate to the bond and collateralizing your future income. That's why the IRS becomes critical. And that's why they've painted them to be such big bad bastards all these years and scare the hell out of people. Because that little link in the system is the link to service those bondholders. And that makes the whole system work. Mike, if you stumble on that, send it to me, would you? Please? Y'all are okay. Where else can we go? Have we been cut off? Can y'all hear me? I'll, s- I'll send him a message, Rogers. All right. He might be working. Yep. Well, there are, there are some people that are still gamefully employed. It was Mike that came on last week. He works for a lumber supply company, my understanding. And he said, our traffic flow has gone to almost nothing because now the interest rates are so high, people aren't taking out mortgages. So builders, there's an, there's a glut of available properties on the market. Builders aren't building in this thing, and so they're not going in to buy materials. So we got some real rough times ahead, folks. It's going to be, it will be the worst economic catastrophe in the history of the planet is what we're facing right now. And they want, on top of the economic situation, they want to starve you because they're blowing up all the damn food processing and all that stuff. They don't want you to have any energy. They're, they're blowing up refineries. Just did one in Louisiana last week. Okay, they're cutting off all this stuff. It's the four horsemen of the apocalypse, folks. That's what's coming. Excuse me. Yes. Okay, we get disconnected from FCC somehow. So oh. Paul's trying to fix it, just so you know that uh, Mer can hear you, Merka can hear you, and I can hear you currently, and that's it. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay, so it is just a limited group here. So, well, if you're still, if you can listen, I don't know. Uh, technical problems all the time, but uh, is that somebody's dog or is that a foghorn? That's my bloodhound, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> you got He's a, barking at the neighbor. I don't know what's going on. Has he got those long ears, Mer? Merka? Yes. I love those animals. They're really good Me breed. Me too. Yeah, they're great. 
She hasn't done this in a while. But sounds she's like working a, at someone. It sounds like a foghorn. Yeah, exactly. Oh, pretty funny. Well, go pet her. Sorry. That's yeah, okay. No, it's not. No big deal. I don't got no problem with dogs. So, uh, well, there's just us girls here, evidently. Paul's working on getting everybody back. Uh, y'all uh, got anything else you'd like to bring up? Uh, I'm going to look real quick. Oh, oh you know what I did want to talk about, Roger? <laughs> um, you know that a lot of, I know, you know that, oh, there she goes again. Um, um, a lot of, you know how uh, we're trying to um, help others learn public law and private law and the natural law. And I remember talking about this before, negative law. You mean non-positive law? No, natural law. I think, um, Daryl. I think it was you, Daryl, and I don't know who else was talking about it. But um, natural law is negative law, right? I don't think so. I think natural law is positive law. Well, positive law and um, non-positive law is the man-made. Versus versus nature and nature's God. So I know that the intent was there to use the natural law in the positive law, right? Yeah. Well, let's look at let's look at it this way. Maybe, Merka, maybe this will help you. When the country started, you could call natural law. You, you could call it public law. Let's get this public and private thing the way they've screwed this up. That was the natural law that everybody used for the first number of years of the country, right? The common law. Okay. So that was public law, but it was used for private purposes. Now what they've done is switch that, and the merchant law is now private law. The merchants that's used for public purposes. They just flipped it. Common law is public law used for private purposes in your private dealings, but now they've switched it and it's the merchant law, which is private law among, you know, contracts and stuff, and they're using that for public purposes. They just switched it. You noodle on that and see if it helps you understand. No, I get I get that part. Um but we never talk about, we hardly ever talk about neg- negative law. Well, I don't know. And, I, You know, I mean, I, I would consider merchant law to be negative law because they can use it offensively against us. And conversely, we can use the common law against them. That's why they don't like it, because they can't overcome that. Okay. Uh, I know when I was watching Barnes uh, Sunday night, and he used the term two or three times, outcome oriented these judges are making these decisions no matter what the law says even the constitution to the outcome of the what they want to accomplish okay and this goes back to what brent tells us that the law of the land is based on the process and if the process is correct the outcome will be correct their law, the merchant law, is outcome-oriented, and they design the law to achieve an outcome. So it's not on the process. It's on the outcome. 
with the common law, it's not on the outcome, it's on the process. See how everything they do is dialectic. They just flip it. Right, but you know how when God says, don't do this, you know, follow this, and that's how I see it as negative law being natural law under God's. Well, I see that as positive. I don't know how you're getting negative out of that. Somebody. Are we still having connection problems, Paul? Is Paul still working feverishly in the background there? Well, you know, and it, it, every every day it's some technical challenge. It's just when when the show goes good and it's the end, I go, yeah. no challenges right, today. Exactly. So, but it sounds like yeah. people are coming back on. So maybe Paul got that straight. Is that right? I people? just checked. I just checked. Um, it looks like a free conference call and a VPN two are not connected. So I just sent uh, Paul a message. There he is. He okay. is. He's back. All right. Well, people are popping and, in and out. Um, yeah, this room is unstable. I just got um, dropped. So I, we're working on trying to connect everything again. Okay. Well, I'm shocked I haven't gotten dropped. Pardon me. Was that Bruce? No, this is Jeff. I was telling you that uh, you're coming through loud and clear on the uh, on Eurofolk. conference. Yeah. Conference, yeah. Okay. Right. okay. All right. Well, good. I'm glad to see everybody back with us. Sorry for the problems. We just have them. It's the time in which we live. Hey, Jeff, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fine. Thanks, Roger. Hope you're doing the same. Yeah. Yeah. All in all, little challenges that uh, get thrown in front of you on a some kind of a regular basis. But hopefully I'll get back to normal here. I'll pick up the computer and my my desktop and things will be up. See, and I meant to mention this, if you're listening, I, I can't upload shows to the archives without the desktop computer. So I didn't get to upload yesterday, and hopefully I'll get to upload yesterday and today's tonight should I pick that up, and it's good. So we'll find out. Last week's shows too, yes. I think I got all last week's shows up, to my knowledge. Oh, okay. Good news. So, I mean, I, you know, here's the problem I got, Jeff. If, if I don't, we talk about so many different things here. If I don't get that thing uploaded as quick as possible after the show, I forget about all the stuff we talked about. I understand completely. Okay. <laughs> So, so if you hit those show descriptions, said we had a real good show today. That's probably what happened that day. All right. Uh, so, Roger? yes, ma'am. Oh, there's a new. There's a female. Okay. Well, there's. there's it's Annie. I just was wondering if you thought that um, if Trump became a national, he could get out of that Fourteenth Amendment thing. Oh, of course he could. Oh, can you imagine if we could get this information of Donald Trump and he's changed status? Do you know what chaos that would, that, 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 that would put them in? Th- th- these guys would be beside themselves. I wonder what would happen, Roger, if we um, did have more people exposing the elections, you know, the the fraud behind that and. Um, if, if, if Trump did go in, um, you know, who knows, 
there's other candidates that are nationals that are trying to do, do trying to get in there too. Do you, you know, do you love to see these things backfire on these guys? They're so desperate to shut all things up because they're getting exposed. So they'll do anything, like indict Trump four times, and then this last one. By the way, that what Fannie Willis did in Fulton County, Georgia was written up in a paper under a government grant from, I can't remember the institution, Brookings, one of those institutions, because somebody uncovered the document. I saw it covered yesterday, okay? Everything she charged him with was out of that document that was written in 2020. That was it wasn't on. the Heritage, was it? No, I don't think it was Heritage. They're kind of a good good guys. It was another like Brookings, yeah. uh, but that was on that was on uh, Owen yesterday. He's the one that brought that out. So they're getting exposed. So here's the beautiful part that I wanted to mention: the mugshot, the mugshot where he had that sinister look on his face, has taken on a life of its own. It's on coffee cups. It's on T-shirts. They've, you know, these graffiti guys, Jeff, that go around and paint pictures on walls. They're painting that picture on walls all over the country in the ghettos. Kind of like a wanted poster, wanted for president. Well, you know, Barnes covered this the other day, and I thought it was really accurate. And he said, you know, in 2020, the first or 16, when Trump won, there's not a lot of people in, in, in these inner cities and in that situation that can relate to a, a, a multi-million self-made white uh, businessman, construction guy. They can't relate to him, right? But now they're going out and persecuting him, even to the mugshot and the ridiculous stuff. And all of the people they know, for the most part in their area, have all been falsely arrested, falsely charged, sent to prison on bogus stuff. So now they bridged the relatability gap with that voting block to Trump. That's the reason they're all getting behind him. I went to the reawaken tour this last week and they were calling it the mugshot heard around the world. <laughs> that's right. That's a good title. I've heard that. <laughs> I mean, listen, I saw pictures of the artists on the, in the ghetto reproducing his mugshot on walls. They don't have a chance, folks. They don't have a chance. They got to either kill him or do something. To, they can't. It's getting to the point of his popularity. They can't even cheat their way in over this one. These people are in a tizzy. I promise you. Okay. So what a hell of a time to be alive. Yes. It's Scotty. Um, I have pictures that will prove that Trump is being protected by aliens. I've tried to share them in the past. Would you like me to mail them to you? No, no. You're losing the bigger picture. No, I, I, I can't. Well, go no, Scotty. I'm, I've got the big picture, buddy. 
No. No, there's actually more that I don't have that's in the video with spaceships surrounding his no, plane. No, no. If you don't want to go there, no. I, you know, the minute I'm trying to talk to people about history and black letter law, the minute you bring in aliens and UFOs, you've lost 50% of the people you're talking to. Well, you're going to see in the future you're wrong about that. Well, yes, that's okay. That I don't care. That's I don't give a shit about the aliens. Well, I care about your status. Don't you understand? I can't do anything about the aliens. I can do something about your status. I concentrate on the things that I can affect, Scotty, not the stuff I can't. Any weather yet? Any weather? Why not muted? Shit. Yeah, you weren't muted, but that's okay. You crossed Sorry. The- that's okay. Sorry, That's okay. So, anyway, that I mean, look, Scotty, yeah, sure. I've never brought UFOs up in the 30 years I've been helping people understand this and myself, too. Because the minute you bring UFOs and aliens in, you've lost half the people you're, you're talking to. I'm showing you history. I'm showing you law. I'm showing you events. I'm showing you factual things. And I can affect your status. I can't affect the aliens if they're there. I follow you. You're a man on a mission. Congratulate. That's fine. No problem. I don't disagree at all. <clears throat> but that will change. And okay. I'm just trying to get you ahead of the curve. Well, well, to be continued. I think I'm pretty ahead of the curve right now, my friend. Statmiller was the same way. Uh, don't worry. That that's fine. That's how. That's your perspective. That's that's great. That works for you. Okay. Well, I know this works. I can't do shit about aliens. <laughs> Hey, Roger. Yes. Uh, tomorrow is a blue moon. And, uh, you know, uh, who, what was the name of that gentleman you mentioned many months ago about, uh, or he made some identified relationship between the stock market crashes and uh, was it lunar events or was it planetary I, events? I, or I remember that gentleman's name? I, I don't remember if that was Dodd or not. You know, the guy that's come to the forefront and lives out in Hawaii. The statistician guy used to be on Wall Street. May have been him. I just don't. I hope he doesn't live in Maui. No, I don't think he does because I just saw him on another interview. Of course, you don't know when it was taped. I don't know that he lived on Maui. You could live on Maui as long as you don't live around Lahaina. Yeah, right. And and I mentioned yesterday that the and I saw the video short again last night. Saw it yesterday in the morning of uh, these guys out there they're in lahaina so they're locals and they can go around and do this stuff because they won't let anybody in now they certainly don't want any pictures and they found a little area where there was two cars in a small field and it was surrounded by not only one of the high schools but houses and they did a 360 degree pan of the area houses weren't burned nothing was wrong but in the middle here in this little field that was grass, there's two cars, and they melted all the aluminum. And the back half of the cars were melted, and the front half of the cars were, well, seemingly all right. But the glass was melted, the aluminum from either the gas tank or the wheels was melted, and running down the hill, you could see the little river of aluminum that hardened out. How did a grass fire cause that? Exactly. 
induction could, could cause that. Like that's what they use for uh, crucibles to melt aluminum. But uh, it's unbelievable. Well, did you see what that the, um, the grass color pot? blue? <laughs> did you see that the color blue? That yes. It's obvious that they use lasers. Yes. Because it won't go through the color blue and correct. The, like um, Oprah and everybody else, they were wondering why they had no. the the roots painted blue a few years ago. Well, I don't know. That seems like a LARP because that no, 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 it's not because well, uh, the I, person, I'll, I'll Abram, hold on. The person that was telling huh? this and it was Dr. Merritt. She's the one that first came out with this when she guest hosted in the fourth hour the other, last week. And she used to work with lasers. She has a $350,000 laser in her office. And she said, you can tune them for colors. Yes, they, they the are demonstration. tuned for colors. In fact, necessarily, they certain materials. I understand how lasers. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with this. But what I'm saying is that it's more likely the plastics. You know, I actually saw a video <laughs> when they did, no when movie. they didn't. Oh. The guy who they made him take down all his video um, um, drone footage, and you can see all the cars, and they're like, they're the blue cars aren't even touched. And I saw a video yesterday. I'm not sure which channel I saw it on. Um, a gentleman picking out only blue shirts out of the rubble and he was going to put them up for an auction. Wow. So um, they were targeted, you know, obviously yep. you can't incinerate, you know, you can't incinerate metal metals and like that. I saw the get, steel belted radials. Guess where the bat, where the air force base is, where they're using C one thirties to do this. Maui. Maui. So well, we don't have any conception of everything they can do with all this fancy stuff, folks. But that color blue thing is certainly an indicator that something's different. These two cars in the middle of this little short grass field, that you'd have to, if you didn't understand this, you'd have to say, well, how the hell did that little grass fire cause that? You'll see that video more and more. Right. It's just breaking. I think Owen's going to cover it. grass well, a uh, good question. None of the houses are burned. That's right. None of the houses are burned. What started the damn grass fire? Well, good the question. Okay, all the houses are okay. There's a grass fire in the middle and two burned cars. Right, and I think that's why they've got Maui totally blockaded now with black fence up around the whole area and increased police protection because they don't want your ass in there taking those pictures. Yeah, and the... And okay, when that gas tank explodes, it blows right through the back seat of the car, and the car becomes fully engaged, fully. Well, they don't explode. They don't why, explode. Why did the Why did the grass fire burn off the back half of the car, and didn't affect the front half? Right. Right. Why? I, I have no idea, but I know that, that you need oxygen in uh, a high density in your material for it to have an explosion. And gas won't burn on its own. It, it, you know, that's why every time you see a gas fire, there's black smoke because it's incomplete combustion. Right. Yes, the fumes that ignite, not yeah. the gas. And it's absolutely not hot enough to melt alloy. It melted steel. Right. It melted steel almost in that thing. If you haven't seen that video, I'm sure it's going to get a lot of legs. But that's an amazing – and he brings in – the guy shooting the video brings in a local guy who's a car mechanic, 
evidently a pretty good one, and he's commenting on all this stuff. So if you can find that somewhere, uh, that's a very telling little piece of video there. Hey, here's something to keep in mind. You know, like with the colors, everything is frequency. Correct. These are frequency weapons. So instead of melting, they are liquefying. So it's not about temperature. It's about the frequency. Well, it's liquefying raises the temperature or raising the temperature liquefies it. But this, a similar thing happened in paradise, California mm-hmm. in 2019. Right. And they had green garbage cans that weren't melted. They had blue garbage cans that weren't melted. Okay. And they, they targeted these houses pretty accurately. Right. And I think it has more to do with the material, the plastic and the metal, anything that had metal in it. If you had a wooden structure with nails, it's not thermal. you're not listening. It's not thermal. They found even little plastic bags. Right there in these different fires. And it didn't have to do with the color, but the material, it wasn't the right frequency. It's like an earthquake when they liquefied the earth. It's like what, Boris? Like an earthquake, oh, an earthquake. Yeah. the earth, you know? Right, right. right. No, I know. I know very well from personal experience about that. Because I was in Alaska in 1964 in the Great Alaskan Good Friday earthquake. And the problems that they had was in the real fancy part of town on the south part of Anchorage was built upon clay cliffs. It's where the governor lived and all those real ritzy people lived. And where I was on the Air Force Base was built on glacial outwash and other glaciers that carried the rocks down. And when the glaciers melt, they just deposit all those rocks. So we were on a fairly solid foundation out where the Air Force Base was. But on the south side of town, when those earthquake waves hit clay, they liquefy it. Exactly what Boris said. And that's the name of that place, if you want to go look it up, is called Turnigan Arms. Turnigan is a bird. It's a state bird up there. Turnigan Arms. And they've made a a park out of that. They just cleaned it up. You can still go out there, and it's still all the after effects from the earth literally turning into liquid as those earthquake waves went through it. Roger? Yes. I think the term term you're talking about is called liquefaction. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm not an expert, but I saw that firsthand as a kid. I've been uh, yeah, that er- current I'll- that recent earthquake that just happened, Roger, here in California. I've been kind of like waiting to see if there's something else going on. And um, I felt something last night. I felt like it was like a side to side movement. Yeah. But very subtle. Right. So I'm just wondering if they're working on something, you know? Well, uh, they, the, uh, somebody was saying, I heard the comment that somebody inside said that they've caused a volcanic eruption with this stuff. Don't know which one. I'm pretty sure that the, uh, the tsunami of Japan, that, uh, was probably, induced somehow because it happened on march 11th of 2011 and uh, all the clocks that stopped in in japan were uh at three o'clock or up to 3 30 right so uh and they lied about yeah they lied about the intensity too it wasn't nine something it was six something 
So they adjust things how they want. But I want to tell everyone be, real quick, uh, Difference had uh, he had scheduled uh, Robert Brame, B-R-A-M-E, to be on, you know, an expert with these fires and stuff. But I guess he canceled at the last minute. And um, so uh, looking for clues in the Canadian fires that uh, the healthy American Peggy Hall is what he played. And you could see. And some of these... The only trees that were damaged were ones that had a lot of water. And when they were cut down or cut apart, you could see they were all charred inside as if the microwave energy or something similar is what held them inside. I heard Tavares refer to that in what I listened to a bit of this morning. And again, if you want to hear on this fires and stuff, there's a new interview. It's over on BitChute. It's with Deborah Tavares. It's recent. Because she mentions Maui and stuff, and one of the things she brought up was that right there. And she goes into some more technical information on that. And, again, I was tickled to death to hear her mention our good listener and student, Matt, and how he had participated in that Sonoma Valley stuff they put through. Uh, question quick, Whistler's in the background. I, I got one thing for you. I sent to you an email, the uh, stopthecrime.net, the unconventional gray. Oh, thank you, Mer. I'll watch I'll it. I'll post it in chats. Yep. So anybody Roger, else? With, got, yeah, go ahead, Mark. With all the um, EMF <laughs> stuff going around, uh, people need to detox metals out of their Well, that's one thing body. Deborah Tavares was talking about is we're all eat up with heavy metals. They've stuffed into us through chemtrails, food, water, etc. Uh, so exactly. detoxing yourself. You know, the, one of the best things for detoxing heavy metals is, Marka? What? Cilantro. Oh, I love cilantro. The herb. Which, which the herb. And, and the seed is coriander for cilantro. Okay. Yes. Um, cilantro water and tea. Yep. They're so it, it'll take the heavy metals right it's out bad. of you. You better do it quick. Yeah. Also, bentonite clay. Uh, everybody want, Everybody waits the whole two hours and wants to talk in the last 30 seconds. Unbelievable. <laughs> okay. Hold on. We'll talk after the show's over for the audience. We'll be back tomorrow. I hope we touched on something for you today. And we just want you to be free. That's all. Your choice. We got the method. It's proven. Ciao.